could you just give a, a short little kind of basic definition of what uh, game theory actually is? Game theory is a theory of uh, strategic decision making with interdependent choices and a stress on interdependence. Your best outcome depends on what one or more other players choose. So it cannot be a unilaterally best decision, such as should I carry an umbrella to work? That depends on nature, which is assumed uh, not to have preferences. It's impassive, it's just there. You learn there's a 30% probability of rain, and you make uh, an expected value calculation. Is it worth lugging the umbrella to work, or should I take a chance, a 70% chance that it won't rain and I won't need the umbrella? Uh, that's what we call a decision, uh, or a one-person game, a game against nature. So game theory is mostly concerned with two or more players, each of whom may make choices. These choices uh, lead to an outcome. And the best outcome, typically, for you, depends on what the other player or players do. There's a mathematical theory that um, goes back to a path-breaking book uh, published by von Neumann and Morgenstern in 1944 called Theory of Games and Economic Behavior. And that started the field, but it's really taken off only in the last generation uh, with work by economists as well as mathematicians and other social scientists. That is Stephen Roms, a professor of politics at New York University, where one of his specialties is mathematical modeling using game theory. I caught up with him in January 2012 at the joint mathematics meetings that were held in Boston. As he said, game theory is all about decisions. One of the common examples of game theory is the prisoner's dilemma, where two people are arrested and they have to decide whether or not they're going to give each other up for shorter sentences. Another example would be the game of chicken. Uh, yes, uh, if you're in a confrontation uh, with somebody else, we often speak of uh, you're being in a game of chicken. The question then is, uh, do you take a cooperative or non-cooperative stand? If both of you take a non-cooperative stand, uh, tough it out, then it could lead to disaster, and that you want to both avoid, whereas you both back off, then that's a kind of cooperative outcome, but it's not your best outcome. Your best outcome is when uh, you confront the other player and the other player caves in. And the problem with achieving that outcome is each player has an incentive to depart and confront and hope that the other player gives in, but if the other player also is confrontational, uh, you end up at the disastrous outcome. And uh, it's been used to model all kinds of situations, such as uh, the conflict between uh, the Soviet Union and the United States and the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. Game theory has moved far beyond the prisoner's dilemma and the game of chicken, though. In fact, it's forever evolving and becoming applicable in more and more diverse areas, a point that is made perfectly clear by Professor Brahms' newest book. Now, you recently uh, have published a book that, that kind of takes a, what to me was a very uh, novel uh, subject matter because you were looking at game theory actually in the humanities, which That's is right. not something that most people would typically think of a abstract mathematical concept uh, right. being applied to. So I was, I was wondering, what made you think of, of taking taking game theoretical modeling and then looking at humanities instead of, you know, economy and political science. 
Well, I thought a lot had already been done in economics, politics, and other areas of social sciences in particular, and that uh, there had been some very interesting applications in the humanities. And by humanities, I mean uh, I covered several subjects, uh, literature, history, philosophy, theology, and the Bible, and law. These were unusual applications of uh, game theory, and I had done some in the past, so I thought if I brought some of these together, I might be able to persuade humanists uh, that this theory, in giving a strategic exegesis of situations you don't normally associate with game theory, would be of interest. I looked at uh, primarily conflicts in international relations between countries in the 19th and 20th century, and I looked at applications in law, the confrontation between the Supreme Court and the President in a couple instances. So these are examples of uh, what I considered unusual but still interesting and uh, insightful applications of game theory. Now, when you started looking at uh, humanistic works and, and applying them through a game theory, what sort of new perspective did that allow you to bring to kind of the study of, say, a novel or a play or the Bible? Uh, okay, let's look at an example. I, I think that uh, the usual interpretation of what the main action in Hamlet is, that Hamlet's this vacillating, indecisive character, can't make up his mind, and ultimately that results in tragedy. And uh, looking at it from a game theory pr perspective, my argument would be that, that Hamlet did not have sufficient information to go after Claudius, his uncle, who had killed his father, he suspected, and married his mother. So he had to gather information. And at the same time, Claudius, worried about Hamlet's discovering the murder, had to try to determine whether Hamlet would go after him or not. So each, in a sense, was stalking the other. That's a very strategic kind of situation. And for example, in the play, Hamlet stages this play within a play in which um, Claudius, viewing a kind of reenactment of the murder, walks out, very embarrassed, uh, that in a sense he's been revealed, uh, and that's the evidence that Hamlet wanted and needed to go after Claudius. And Claudius now realizes that Hamlet is on to him, and I interpret that in terms of uh, choices of whether the players uh, should be aggressive against each other. One can't go out, in, even in those times, and try to kill somebody without reason, so Hamlet had to gather evidence that the murder had been committed by Claudius. Claudius had to get evidence that Hamlet was pursuing him, and uh, ultimately they both die. <laughs> uh, so that's an example where I think you give a different twist to the common interpretation, which is a psychological interpretation. I think it was uh, very strategic on the part of both players. And that is just one of the examples of the work that Professor Brahms is doing with the intersection of game theory and the humanities. One of the things that I find most intriguing about all of this is the insight that such study of humanistic works might be able to give us into ourselves. Stories, just like mathematics, are one of the ways that humans have modeled the world. But stories have the added benefit of also being how we model ourselves. And one can ask the question, uh, why on occasion do you escalate a conflict? And uh, 
in, for example, Macbeth's case, the question was, why did Lady Macbeth try to persuade his husband to kill King Duncan? Macbeth himself was ambitious, aspired to the throne, but wanted to honor his king at his own castle. But Lady Macbeth wanted this even more, and she thought her husband Macbeth did not have the fortitude to carry out the murder. So one tries to search for an explanation of why this created a crisis in their marriage. She actually accuses him of being a coward, unmanly, because he's not willing to be an accomplice in the murder. Finally, he succumbs, helps in the murder of King Duncan. So it seemed to me these were interesting applications because they raised questions about the choices uh, the characters made. And I would argue these choices in all cases were rational choices, given the goals of the characters. Lady Macbeth uh, wanted to accede to the throne, become the queen. Hamlet wanted revenge if indeed uh, Claudius had killed his father. And there are other instances in which I try to show that these uh, extreme reactions were uh, based on, if not calculations, implicit calculations, explicit calculations. They were based on implicit calculations that reflected the interests of the characters. One normally thinks of game theory in terms of ordinary calculations of characters uh, to increase profits in a firm or uh, to get an opponent in a political situation to help you rather than uh, seek to harm you. What I was interested in is the extent to which uh, fiction uh, and history to an extent can be explained in terms of the, what well, some would argue, the emotional reactions of the characters. One tends to think of rational people as uh, cerebral, cool-headed, making these calculations. And I thought that the stronger reactions of characters, especially when they uh, express negative emotions like frustration that leads to anger or jealousy, also could be uh, interpreted in these terms. So it was kind of a challenge to look at uh, applications in which emotions play a major role and explain why these uh, emotions surfaced, and second of all, uh, why indeed it was rational. When I asked Professor Brahms if he thought that authors could benefit from using game theory in the creation of their stories, he was without any doubt that it could. In fact, he believes that there is at least one author who had a sensational, natural understanding of the topic. I think, of course, Shakespeare was a natural. Uh, he didn't need a game theoretic model. He got things right. In fact, I think if you cannot explain a Shakespeare play in game theoretic prob terms, the problem is not with game theory, it's with you. Uh, <laughs> and not getting it right. Shakespeare got it right. You have to struggle to understand what must have gone through Shakespeare's mind and the plot he constructed if you can't explain it well in game theory. So game theory can help us figure out whether or not to roll over on our friends in the clink, when to yield when dealing with nuclear weapons, why you would stage a play in order to figure out if your uncle killed your father, and just how to convince your husband to commit murder. Seems to be an all-powerful tool, right? Well, Professor Brahms did stress that it's not a panacea. And come to think of it, computing game-theoretic equations for all the decisions that you have to make in your daily life is probably not the best idea in the world. That's not to say, though, 
that having an understanding of the topic is not useful. I think that we're all game theorists. We all are making these calculations, uh, but they're not written down, they're not explicit. So I think a course in game theory, and they're pretty common now in economics, political science, could make you think more explicitly about situations which present problems, dilemmas, uh, and help you think them through. So I think in that sense you could deal with difficulties in your life by uh, understanding them better. Mm -hmm.